Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 166. I am your host, as always, David Palermo, and welcome to the show. Um, Today, I will be previewing lightly the Bills going up at home against the Miami Dolphins coming into town. I'm looking out my window right now in Rochester, New York, and on my deck railing, there's about six inches of snow. Uh, I don't know how much of that is old snow, but I did just park, and when I'm done with this podcast, I'm sure I'll have at least an inch and a half in about mm, not too long, because the flakes are big, building up, and let's be real here, I think the Bills need to come out with a win in the snow is their friend against Miami. Miami is a very, very talented team. Go up and down the roster. Uh, Jay Cutler played out of his mind against the Patriots. And, you know, that's a Jay Cutler that people say with all the arm talent he had on display. Um, I'd love to know the truth with Jay Cutler if he doesn't care. And I used to always be, like, pretty against the grain. No, and, and it still kind of am. Oh, dude doesn't care. No, what's the truth behind it? But, you know, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, I really don't know what to think about Jay Cutler. You know, in Chicago, the dude had no offensive line. And it was always like a running gag, like how often is Jay Cutler going to get sacked? It's amazing. When when they said he's like 32 today, or uh, when I heard he was only 32, I was like, wait, what? He's pretty young, but he feels like he's been around forever. Uh, first round draft pick. And, um, you know, the thing with Jay Cutler is you always wonder, does he not care or does he just see through the bullshit, I wonder, with players? Um, at the same time, you're one of 32 quarterbacks in the league. I hope you do care. So I'm sorry about that. He's actually uh, 34. So, um, but, you know, Jay Cutler's a, an interesting thing because I always thought Matt Moore was solid a very solid guy I was hoping that if he didn't if he didn't sign with if Miami didn't re-sign Matt Moore I would not have been shocked if a couple years ago the Bills tried to lock him in before they re-signed him and um I thought Matt Moore would have been perfectly fine because you know Tannehill is a progressing quarterback I like Tannehill to draft you know he moved from wide receiver to quarterback and uh but we're they drafted him, I thought, was pretty high in Miami. At the same time, you know, it kind of worked out. He's not awful. And last season, we were talking about Tannehill actually turning the corner and looking like a good quarterback. And, you know, we want to crush these guys because they're the Dolphins, you know, squish the fish. I get it. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where these quarterbacks they everything is system everything is coaching and when you're on a tire fire of a team I don't know how many chances you're gonna get to really throw the rock in a in a system that you understand I mean to give you an example the Bills have Tyrod Taylor and it seems like as I've been ripping on the coaches a little bit it seems like they weren't really putting on the tape of what the kid could do. 
and what he was successful at, which was a deep ball. And, you know, if you want some really good information, follow Chris Brown at buffalobills.com. Listen to his interviews with John Murphy on the John Murphy Show. I think he really lays it out well. He goes pretty deep. John Murphy also has a great article up on the, on the Bills website, too. Um, six things you should know pretty much before the Miami game. And uh goes in depth. And I'll say, you know, I my main point with coaching has been I don't trust these coaches to put put the players in a successful position all the time. And we think as fans and likewise fans that are getting more educated and educated and educated, like Bills fans, we're on a mission to find out why things aren't working. And Jay Cutler is kind of like one of those cases for me. Um, really, you know, he was in Denver, and he ended up getting traded to the Bears. And, uh, you know, Cutler replaced Jake Plummer on November 27th of the 2006 Broncos season. And... You know, McDaniels gets in there, ships him out, and shipped out Brandon Marshall in Denver. And I don't know. You know, we had the Kyle Orton show going on over there a little bit in Denver, too. And we saw the Kyle Orton show come to Buffalo, the Sack Yourself show. But, hey, Kyle Orton was better than a lot of quarterbacks that the Bills have seen, too. Um, Maybe I'm nuts for saying that. People are jumping off a ledge. What, really? Come on, man. That Chris Hogan pass, that was really money. I think it was against the Vikings or something. Um, Jay Cutler, if Jay Cutler is on, it's over. But I'm seeing a lot of snow. And to transition, um, I'll say, you know, how did the Bills win last week? The Bills ran by giving LaShawn McCoy the ball, I believe, 32 times. And... He ran for five-plus yards a clip average in the snow. Before that, he ran for, I think, 250-something yards, something crazy. How do I not know this? Um, it's not on Instagram. Uh, yeah, in Philly, he ran for over 200-something yards and two touchdowns. So he, he does well in the snow. He knows what he's doing. He came from PA. Okay? He's one of us. He gets it. And he makes it happen. And, and when I see 64 out there just snow plowing people, get behind him. And if you got traction out there, good luck, you know, if you don't. So nobody had traction in the, in the Colts game. And, you know, if you think about the whole passing game, it's almost like that game was old school football. Like you watch the trenches, you see what's going on. And it really exemplifies how the game was built, which is off the trenches and who can make who miss. It makes it look like a like a lower league game almost, like you're watching kids play because nothing is a sure foot. But to see Shady McCoy get skinny between some guys and little creases still and be confident in his steps, man, it he didn't really have a drop-off, obviously. So... It kind of exemplifies the point to me that he stands out that much above the rest. Keep giving LaShawn McCoy the ball. And I'll say McCoy, 
is a guy that I've been beating the drum on, build the offense around LaShawn McCoy, and complement that with Tyrod. It's a run game, okay? That's the element of the offense that sets up the pass. And, you know, the Bills are getting better at the run. Overall, they're sixth in the league right now. So, the run game, the coaches are doing something better. Got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, the Colts game, um, I should say the game for the Colts. Um, you know, I saw some different formations. You know, they're trying. They're trying. But situationally, I just need the coaches not to bury themselves. Don't get overwhelmed. And just situationally, it's situational football. That's always been the case with football. It's situational football. And if people want to talk about Sweat and Bill Belichick and all this shit, right? Oh, Bill Belichick. Oh, he's not a Belichick guy. People like to throw that loose national media crap out there. But at the end of the day, if you're going to support everything Belichick says, you need to support situational football. And that's the way it is. People want to rip the punt. Well, analytics say, to credit Mike Shope on WGR 550, we have years and years and years and years of gathered data now that has been mined on what to do on fourth and one. Or when to punt. And I think what happens is, is we get caught up in ideas of people and we sit here and we're like oh man he's a good guy this is going to be a well-coached team is it well no no there's a wasted time out more than needed to be there's a lot of situations that aren't situationally you know addressed correctly i i should rephrase that the situations do not seem to have uh okay let me try again the bills catch themselves in a situation and I don't trust they can always not outthink themselves and get too cute. Or be aware that they have the right people lining up. I, I, if this makes any sense. It's like the easiest example is I'm not crushing him because I haven't really crushed him. It's not him. It's how he's used. Mike Tolbert. Absolute kill the drive. Absolutely killed the drive against the Colts. Shady McCoy runs a rock twice, gets the ball like what forever up the field to the other side, and oh, what Shady's tired now. Tolbert's turn gets three yards, which was good for that. But he ran towards the right side, and the one thing that McCoy can do is get skinny in small spaces. I think in the snow where it's chaos. You put the nimble guy in there, unless LaShawn, and I didn't see it at the game. You know, I was freezing. I didn't rewatch the game. Unless LaShawn gave a signal like, yo, I'm out of here. I need to come off the field. LaShawn does not need to come off the field. And that's the stuff I'm talking about. We're talking about these third and ones on the goal line, you know, these really short things in previous games. And you're throwing fade passes with a rookie quarterback. And granted, hey, man. I am not about this Peterman train, but I will say watching Peterman throw a goddamn tight spiral was absolutely incredible in the snow to Calvin Benjamin. It was 
beautiful how it came off his hands. And then to get home and see the replay, it's like, whoa. On both of those fouls that Peterman completed. And the one thing Tyrod lacks is that anticipation. I, I agree with everybody. But you know what else we lack? We lack wide receiver separation. We're not getting any. That's uh, Deontay Thompson in the snow can run. And my man Joe Webb the third came through. And I have an affinity for Joe Webb because after Arthur Motes took out Brett Favre, Joe Webb came in. And I followed the Vikings pretty tight then too. And I kinda I kinda like the, the thought of Joe Webb. Uh very I think is a very good guy to have on the team. And an unsung you could say an unsung hero. I mean he's out there playing special teams and then playing quarterback. He's Hey, that's pretty crazy, you know, and he plays receiver, and he does a lot of things, and it's nice, you know. We had Brad Smith years ago here that people were crushing the idea of at $4 million a year, which I thought he was a utility guy. But my point is, is with coaches and stuff, let's not overthink it. The Bills got to come in, and they got to run the ball, set up the pass. You have Tyrod Taylor back there. Let's work that read option stuff. Let, let's run some empty sets. You know, those new formations that the Bills were showing a couple weeks ago. I loved it. The the first drive down the field where Tyrod Taylor threw a pick against the Patriots. Man, the best Bills drive this season. And that especially that didn't turn off in points. But, I mean, talking about offensively. And, again, I'm not trying to be over the top here. But let's be real. I, I've kind of crushed the staff. We're not making adjustments and they have definitely made adjustments. So um, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on the communication that's going on. Uh, maybe Tyrod Taylor does need to get rid of the ball. This is the third offensive coordinator. I'm not saying maybe he does, but if you are working in the run, with your, again, I always hammer the table here, Hall of Fame running back, LaShawn McCoy. You're basing your offense off that. Here's two things I know that work well. Deion Dawkins is really impressing. Really impressing. It's a left tackle spot. Really impressing. You know, if you pay attention to culture, or the team, I should say, you know, with social media, what's cool is I love Instagram because it's quick. I don't fuck with Twitter too much. It's boring. I don't fuck with Facebook too, too much because I don't have time to read people's novels and pick it apart. It's it's awful. I don't have time when I'm on a scaffold or on a scissor lift last night. Hence why I haven't podcasted. Had a lot of work. Sorry, people, um, if the five people care. Have a podcast all week because I've had a lot of work, you know, trying to get in before Christmas, get the holiday grind in, and um, priorities come. Priority ah, priority number one isn't wasting my time arguing with commenters. And for people who want to argue with me about that, about interaction and stuff, I'll tell you one thing. The guy talking right now is the guy who used to refresh Buffalo Rumblings on his shit break, Okay just to read the comments of every single thread and pick his spots. That's me. I've already been down this road. I've been hooked into the internet and social media my whole existence, really. I'm 33. I wasn't, I was on LiveJournal for a minute. Didn't do Friendster. Definitely did MySpace. Definitely did MySpace. And, uh, you know, a lot of cool network came out of that and a lot of fun and stuff. Like, and... But I'll tell you, 
Opinions are like assholes. And right now the internet is full of a lot of fucking assholes. And I don't have time to sift through people's bullshit. If people want to send me an email with something for me to listen to when I'm talking, Dave at numbillsfan.com, and you want to come on the show and hash out a long-form topic, a long-form thought, I'm looking to do that. If you think you got yourself together, you want to have a good long-form conversation, let's have it. Um, that's why I talk long form because I don't want to sit here and comment. I don't, yeah, is everything about growth? Sure. But I'd rather swim with the dolphins and do my thing here, do what I can do, um, than be some message board expert. I don't care about that shit because half the people who are the message board experts can't even fight their way out of a paper bag for their own life. That's what, cause I said that correctly. Cause that's how bright I am. So it's like, this is my long form way of having my comments. And if you pay attention to what I'm saying here is to route back on track off my digression of a digression of a digression of a digression is if you pay attention to social media, it's like these guys, it's cool because they have like Instagram for me is fast. It's the most efficient way to get information to me. It's fast. And if there's something that people want to type, you read a comment at the bottom and a picture speaks a thousand words. Why do I want to read your type and try to interpret it? If I talk to you, if I have to write something out, I have to really... It takes me like five times longer to write than it does a podcast. That's the truth, at least for me. I'm a better talker than I am a writer because I get really crazy about writing and I, I just proofread a million times, a million times. And it's not that I'm not confident in my writing. That's not the case. Not to be a little cocky here. I can hold it down sometimes. I just don't think it's worth my time right now. I just don't have the time. I'm looking at spray foam in my house. I'm looking at snow coming down on that deck that I wanted to rip out like three years ago. Um, you know, I was working on a scissor lift till 1130 last night. I, I don't got time. So Instagram is great. Uh, it's fast. You can shoot me a DM there. Shoot me a follow there. Follow me on Facebook if you like. I always post myself in the groups. If it gets approved, I hope. Let me know if anybody's on these boards. Bill's Mafia board on Facebook. If anybody's on uh, the Fanatics board, anybody's anybody's on these Bill's boards, I'm on Bill Stampede. I'll post to uh, Reddit as always. Let me know if you don't see my post in Bill's Mafia because I can't see it. I don't. I, I do a search and I did a search the other day and I saw some old stuff, but I don't know if it's getting approved or not. Somebody can get back to me, please let me know because uh, I try to hit that group first because the Bills Mafia group is the biggest group. It's got a ton of members. I think, believe it's the second biggest uh, sports group on Facebook. And, uh, you know, it was, big, was a big supporter of that with uh, Bills for Life over there. So shout out to those guys in the Red Pinto Tailgate, which I'm more affiliated with now um, than always have been than, than the Bills Mafia board because I know Nick through his sister and um you know, so it's kind of like old family, but not old family, just old family of friends from a few years before. So it's always been, you know, the internet's a beautiful place, but it's oversaturated with garbage. Um, and if you really look at the world, like how's everybody trying to get a buck? How's everybody trying? It's like, I don't, man, I've even avoided starting Instagram because Frankly, if I didn't do a podcast, I don't think I'd be on the internet. That, that's really it. I don't know why I'm ranting about this. But if I did not do a damn podcast, I don't think I'd be online. But if you watch these players and you're on Instagram, 
you know, Incognito and Shady, they have like a good relationship. You see Dan Dawkins, they have a good relationship. You know, like these guys all talk, they hang out, you know, and it, that's like neat that they're having fun and they have like, that's a team. That's what every team has. I got on hockey. I mean, it's nothing super special, but when you know that person, like Japanese businessmen, they party with their clients. They go out, they do a bunch of shit. They have a good time. I mean, you're forming trust. If you're a coach and you're getting these guys to do what you want, you're going to get results. And I want to see 25 running behind 64, who's training up Dawkins. You know, Jedi's training up the guy on his left, okay? Training up little little Anakin Skywalker, episode one to two, if you want to get into that. Just saw Star Wars 8. And yeah, I'm new to Star Wars. I love it. I watched four, five, six, one, about 40 minutes to two, and... Didn't watch Rogue One, I know, but I watched 7 and 8. So, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 1. And I saw it in IMAX, and it was awesome. So, go fuck yourself if you didn't. Okay, just kidding. All right, don't do that. But it was pretty good in IMAX, I'm not going to lie. And I may have accidentally, really on accident, I walked out with the IMAX glasses. Sue me. They might be up on my Etsy store by now. Okay, so, good movie. Good times, great oldies. Anyways, so I'm going to call my friend Mike Smith up. The Bills need to start running the rock right behind Shady, or I should say Incognito. I think on that, whatever Incognito is doing, the Bills did pull out some polling plays, and I'm excited for the snow because I think the Bills will have an advantage. They've already prepped for it, and it should be really a, uh, a good time. So right now I'll call Mike Smith, Smitty Smith. And what's up, buddy? Hey, bud. I'm kind of rolling live. How are you doing? I'm doing. Are you uh? Are you home I'm, yet? I'm not home yet. I'm on the road, sir. Okay. How much longer till you're home, sir? I will be home in uh, I don't know, fifteen minutes. Oh, fifteen minutes. Damn. All right, man. Well, do you have any quick thoughts? Because I'm going to wrap this thing up, but I was going to talk about the run game, but I'd like to get your thought on the run game. My my game to victory is um, Shady McCoy behind 64, I think, is the way to go. And anything 64 does, LaShawn McCoy needs to be behind him. I agree. I mean, he's obviously had statistically better numbers running from the left side. Uh, he's been a uh, a little tandem over there. And... Uh, it looks like there could be a little uh, little uh, forecast that calls for a solid run game. Um, I don't know about the weather, but it's it's looking like it could be snowing. I don't think they're going to have, you know, what they had last weekend. But um, some inclement weather could make it harder to throw, harder to play, and uh, some, some good downhill running. And that's what the sound did good last week. Because of the weather, he was just up and down, and it's hard to square up when someone's already running downhill. It's hard to cut back and make play. So um, I think he's going to have another good game. Um, although Kenyon Drake has also been running well. Um, so we have to find a way to stop their run game because I think it's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of running in the game. I got some I got some run stats to run by you, and I want you just to rebuttal, okay? So for the audience real quick, and Mike, I'll let you go after your rebuttal. 
Um, and if you have any other points, you can go on after. But so I said the run game. So Shady has a thousand seven yards, five touchdowns, four point two yards of carry. Miami's run defense is identical to the Bills as they're giving it four point two yards of carry, and the Bills are allowing hundred twenty three point seven yards per game on the ground, and Miami's allowing hundred nine point five. Now, what I'm worried about is. Kenyon Drake. Okay. I'm worried about the Bills outthinking themselves, Mike. And I feel like they make a lot of bonehead coaching decisions. Like, not, I don't want to say out of pressure. I don't know what it is, but there's some certain things where situationally, you know, you have one, two yards to go. There's nothing really to do besides run the rock. How about we run the rock and, you know, against the Patriots, you know, stuff like that. And, I haven't talked to you in a few weeks. So I've been kind of railing about some coaching decisions here and there, and I've given the offensive coordinator some credit, man. That Patriots game, first drive, I already talked about earlier by myself, but first drive down the field until Tyrod throws that pick, man, it was a beauty of a drive. I mean, one of the best drives I've seen all season, probably the best as far as creativity goes. And they had empty sets. They had um, formations we've never seen. And... It feels like they saved it for the Pats almost, you know. So, um, you know, with that run game in mind, I think if they let Tyrod be Tyrod, it's going to open up the pass, and you take away that timing. It's just a different offense with Peterman, and it's a different offense with Tyrod, and it's a coach's job to understand that and to adjust to it. And here we are. We got a quarterback. Yeah, he doesn't throw with the anticipation. At the same time, now he's thinking. And now he doesn't get out of the pocket like he used to. Now he doesn't do what, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like if we're not patient enough to grow and everything is in a microwave microcosm of a, like, it's just like a microcosm of the game isn't the quarterback position. That's like a macro, you know? But like the coaching, little coaching techniques of even just like what the offensive line is doing and what they're supposed to check for, who makes the calls, like those little microcosms affect the quarterback and, that starts with the coaching. So, like, do you have anything to say to that and all for yourself? Well, I think the game plan this weekend, um, especially weather and what they did last weekend, I think they're going to be more so run and not just with LaShawn McCoy. I think they're going to do an extension and maybe even let Tyrod Taylor take advantage of the weather situation um, because he too is very fast and um, he could have a pretty big game just in the run game. Um, Although right now it doesn't look like it's saying no snow on Sunday. So if it's clear, I think that you will have uh, some more passing, but if a, if a front comes in, it's clearly going to be on the ground. But I do think that if you let Tyrod Taylor use his legs um, roll them out of the pocket, um, give him some time, some space, um, and just give him, let him be himself. If he can move and throw or run, um, I think they have a much better shot at winning. It's hard to take a player and tell him, you got to do this. You got to play through their strengths. And I always say that uh, Tyron Taylor can move, he can create time and space, and he can throw a ball. So, let him do that. Let him be himself this weekend. And I think they got a good shot because 
and Namakan Sue is going to be coming up the middle and Wake is going to be coming from the edge. So if we can roll the pocket and keep them um, to the inside and give him time outside the pocket to either A, make the throw or B, um, run the ball, it's going to it's gonna open things up for LaShawn McCoy too because then they're going to have to spread out their arms to keep um, Tyrod Taylor in the pocket. And if you spread them out, then you're going to give room up the middle for LaShawn McCoy to run. So um, I'd like to see him roll, roll Tyrod out a little bit this week. Um, even some play action pass if we establish some run game, um, that would be good to see. And even an extension of the run screens it's a great way to it's a great way to get crashing ends and aggressive defenses um off balance because then once you catch or complete a couple of screens i mean screens no better than a run but you're going to pick up some yardage and now they're not going to be able to be as aggressive against the pass or the run um so you just got to keep the defense honest did you watch um one more one more question for you uh, when you when you see the Patriots, how do you relate that to this Bills game? Is there anything you take from that? I think if anything, this this if you want to be fantastical, and, and if I was having a talk with our buddy Andy right now, he's gonna go, Dave, the, the Bills are gonna get crushed. Say he said that, right? I would be exactly how I am, which is, no, nah, man, no, nah, dude, no, no, they're not. But really, I'm telling my friends, dude, I would not be shocked that the Bills in normal weather get their ass fucking kicked. I don't know what to think out of them. That said, if I was to make a case for the Bills on fate and all that crap, it's like, could it be a perfect storm that the Bills actually had a perfect storm where they can prepare for this game, but if there's no snow, it's just cold it doesn't really matter, and it's not going to be that much of a difference. And it's like that's where I kind of like lose the edge. And but if there is no, I look at exactly what you're talking about. You know, well, it's still going to be sub thirty degrees tomorrow, uh, and that is going to have an effect on the players. Like I can see players that are not used to you're not used to the cold. Um, Although you may be able to run your routes and stuff and your timing, you might be a little slow with that. And catching the ball when you have freezing cold hands can be very painful at times. So um, difficult catches or easy routine catches may seem a little bit more difficult for the the Dolphins this weekend. Um, It's just all how they prepared, you know. Did they put their hands in cold water to simulate the temperature that you're going to see in Buffalo? Probably not. But um, I would, like I said, if the Bills play their game, um, even though Cutler had a good week last week, he's still prone to throw interceptions. Um, And if we can disguise our coverages, um, our, our defensive backs have been playing well. They're all playing this week. Um, so, you know, we can, we can do some things, move some people around. We should be able to, I'm not saying we're going to be able to stop Drake out of the backfield, but we should be able to contain him enough to make it so they have to pass more. Cause the last thing the bills can handle is if Drake is going crazy this weekend, 
it's over. Like, if he goes for over 100-plus yards, I don't see the Bills winning because if they're running at will and they're throwing, and when they're throwing, they're going to be far more effective um, if he is not efficient. You, so, you know why I didn't like the punt, Mike? Is because I cannot trust this team yeah, to, to come back. They, they were in a position... You go for it right there, and it's not even like... I Yeah, I hit that earlier a little bit. Because of the time. Like, there really wasn't that much time. The fact that they had a three and out, that's the only reason why they were able to get the ball back. If they would have given up one first down, they probably wouldn't have gotten the ball back at all. And, and we're talking, guys, to punt in the Indianapolis game that's been talked about around the world. And, Mike, to make an earlier point, I did hit... Um, before I called you, I was just free ball by myself, and uh, no pun because uh, I'm not, and uh, I-, I was saying that, you know, make the, sh- the the point that Mike Schultz makes, which, which is like, hey, man, the analytics are have been done. People have combed through these games, they've figured out what works, and what haven't you seen here, what have you seen from this offense all year to guarantee that they're going to put the right plays together to get back to this position? And they go, people go, well, it worked. No, you got fucking lucky, fam. And I hit that point, which relates to, hey, to these people who love Belichick and they love Belichick's ways, well, what's the one thing Belichick preaches? Situational football. He is the god of situational football. And in your situations, you suck. Like, you suck. And Dennison's talking, oh, yeah, we scripted the first 15 plays. I just uh, last week. Well, that tells me in that Carolina game where they ran 16 plays in the first half, you made no adjustments. And they're very slow to make adjustments out the gate. So if anything makes a difference, it's these guys, I, I don't think they know. I think this, this is just like the, I think McDermott could possibly be just a old school coach, but just in the young mold that you want to see. And I'm really worried about that, that he might not be on the cutting edge like I think he should be. Well, it's still too early to tell on that, but Dennison shouldn't have a job anyways. I mean, he's still not – he's not putting together a game plan for a full game. How do you not, not have screens when you have an offensive line that can't play? together they're struggling early in the season and you don't run screens yeah the screens are an extension of the run and they help when you're not blocking well to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand he's going to take less hits and then they're going to produce first downs they may not score every drive but more yardage on the offensive side of the ball is going to give the defense more time to rest even though they rotate their players very well on defense Still, the less plays that they're out there, the higher they can go, the more that they can put into every single play because they're not going to be out there as long. And that's what you got to do. The screen game helps with the run game, the pass game, and protecting your quarterback, especially if you're not able to protect him because when people are getting by, it's easy to slide out for a screen if they've been beating you all day anyways. So um, it keeps the defense honest and it's just something I don't see enough of them doing. And you went out and got Cadet to be like a pass catching back out of the backfield to help LaShawn McCoy. The two of them are suited very well to catch screen passes. Even tight end screens, wide receiver screens, you have the athletes put the ball in their hands and let them make plays. 
that's how you score. That's how you move the ball. And then when you're doing that and you start nickel and diamond and you're pitching here and you're getting small things together, what it does is it brings everybody up. It brings everybody up. And then at that moment, that gives you the opportunity and the time to throw the ball downfield. You have to – it's a give and take. And if you're not taking what they're giving you at the time, you're not going to get the big gains at the end um, that you can naturally get if you are, you know, scripting and calling the proper plays throughout the entire game. And that's the thing, through the entire game, which Dennison has not been able to do, I don't think – thinking through the course of the season, I can't remember one game where I'm just like, wow, that was just a great game plan that they had all game long. Mike, you know, I got I to gotta, I gotta interject here because you're 100% right. And you want to know what I want to get rid of? And uh, I hear people talk about it all the time, okay? I hear people talk about it all the time. Look, it's not Madden. It's not Madden. Look, it's not Madden. Look, I have one thing to disagree with a lot of people. It is not Madden. You are correct. But what Madden is, Madden is 110% at least a tool that can show you simulations how if you call one offense versus one defense what it will typically happen schematically like it will put it will at least get you an idea on how football works and when we are constantly simulating game time feel and we are under the pressure to milk the clock and with the runoff now and stuff it's actually pretty realistic um and it's really a shame that we give these astronauts and pilots these flight simulators but a goddamn coach is not preached to play madden like that is absolutely ridiculous they should all be playing madden ultimate team that way they can learn about players around the league they should all have like everybody in the front office should have like a madden ultimate team fucking draft league and i'm not kidding and run schemes you don't you don't need to i mean madden's great but you need a film study, which they do, but that has nothing to do with the players. The players don't call the plays. It's No, I'm saying the play callers got to play Madden because they can actually simulate game situations that they're bad at. They're bad. So many coaches are just so bad at it. And whether it's running the guy physically with the sticks or not, yeah. it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, and they do call timeouts. Ill-advised timeouts. Uh-huh. And when the game clock... Uh, depicts certain situations they're not making the right call. I mean, sometimes it's better to let the clock run to the two-minute warning than it is to use your two timeouts because then you can preserve more time. So they're not very good at that. They just they probably need to hire somebody because I don't think that's something they're just going to pick up three quarters of the way through a season. So okay, I got one. I got a thought on you. So let's go to they got to hire somebody. Um, so. It, I'm just warning everybody now, if this guy, Dennison, uh, no disrespect to the man, but if he comes back and the Bills trot him out there and, God, it sounds like such a piece of shit. I'm not trying to sound like shit because I don't know who listens to this, man. I really don't mean it because these jobs are precious, man. But you have a job to do. Um, there's a couple things that bother me, which is how he talks about players in the media, like specifically Tyrod. I think it's absolutely rude. Um and he's not the guy you send a message through the media. And with a guy like 
McDermott, who gives you nothing, and a guy like Frazier, who is the nicest man next to Tony Dungy in the world in coaching, um, I don't like him. And, you know, I went over the Plummer-Cutler situation and with uh, Kevin Masseri from years back, and I'll just say he's done a really poor job evaluating talent, especially when you had Tyrod Taylor. You knew what he did in college if you were on the Ravens, or did you? Um, and, and one thing I want to know is, do we have to do podcasts and do, like, revisionist history where, honestly, I could probably find, like, these are podcasts that could last forever. People are listening to them for months. Where it's like, who could have the bill? Who could the Bills have hired instead of this dude? Like, what coaches were out there? If we evaluate the tape, which I don't know the variables, but I gotta go. Okay, well, the Bills ran a multiple offense. They ran some zone. They ran some power. Well, what did they schematically do more of? Okay, well, what coach runs that? That's where it starts, right in the trenches. Okay, well, we gotta go there because it's all about systems. You know what I mean? You got these young coordinators in on the Patriots, and I ripped the Patriots for cheating and all this shit, but, like, they, I don't know, man, they, they come up with stuff, and it's like they, you're giving them the system to do things, and, and it's it's like this guy is just so, it's like I don't want to have to go through, I, I don't think these coaches are as detailed as they say they are, even a head coach, okay? Because if you have an answer to everything or you say you have a notebook and all this and that, that guy shouldn't have been in the notebook because he does not match talent. And he's done a very poor job of making adjustments, Dennison, and it's just awful. They come out and they get worse. They get worse. This team does not deserve, points-wise, to even be around in these games. And they are. And and it's like the defense is still building. And it's one thing in the beginning of the year when you're like, all right, well, you know what? Cool. They're 5-2. We'll get uh, – this will be rad because they're getting their shit together. It's okay. But, like, when we're this deep in the season and it's taken until the Patriots game to really see some adjustments, it, it's kind of ridiculous. And I think at the end of the season, if they trot this guy out there and try to pull the wool over my fucking eyes with, with Rick Dennison, I'm going to do with you and a couple other people who they should hire before fucking April. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, I would love to break that down and we can evaluate the talent because it's really pathetic that commenters on message boards, us fans, and a lot of other people were like, I look at us like fans who went to the next level as in like, let's have this conversation out there. Let's go against the, the bullshitters who are paid to do this job. They do a crappy job reporting some of them and a lot of their shit gets taken up. And I think it brings negative energy to really the players and shit and the coaching staff. It makes it harder when you constantly think that your team fucking sucks. When it's really like, no, there's just some bonehead decisions along the way. And this is one of them. And I'm done dealing with it. And we're too educated now. There's too much tape now to pull the wool over our eyes over this dumb shit like fourth and one and fucking punt. Well, like I said, that's the coach's decision though. So... What can he do? I mean, he needs to evaluate himself and say, what did I do wrong? So I don't know if he's doing that. I mean, it hasn't changed, but it's still early in the season. You just got to gotta wait and see. Um, but Rick Dennison, I mean, here's the catch-22. Like, if the Bills make the playoffs, Rick Dennison's coming back. So... That's pretty it's pretty clear. Like if they make the playoffs and the Bills score, let's say over the next three weeks we score somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty points, that's gonna be enough to keep his job. 
Um, so either the defense is going to have to improve their game because I don't see Dennison being able to prove his his game plan. Now somebody threw something out there that I don't know if you heard. I didn't look into it, um, but something along the lines of maybe Dennison. Uh, I think I had somebody on my podcast talk about it. Maybe it was Kevin. I don't know who it was. I don't want to shoot him under the bus. I don't want to say the wrong name. So allegedly, I heard allegedly, allegedly that Rick Dennison threatened to quit if they didn't start Peterman. Like something like that, and it's like at that point I would have been like, "Yeah, dude, good riddance," because you can't evaluate talent at all, at all. And Lashawn McCoy is Lashawn McCoy because Lashawn McCoy is Lashawn McCoy. But there's plenty of games you don't give him the ball enough, you know. And it's like, you know, you know when I play Madden with you, you know why Madden was fun. And by the way, Mike, um, <coughs> so I haven't. Are you with me? I'm listening. All right, so you're there. All right, so I haven't said anything in about a month and a half, but you know, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we played, we played Madden for the first time in what, like three years? <laughs> and what Tell happened? Him what happened? Tell them what happened. Dave. What happened, Mike? Tell them what happened. You got lucky you one time and rocked me for a fumble, and you got a touchdown, and then I got a great pick at the end of the game to seal the win. And Tell uh, what happened, Dave? Tell them what happened. Mike lost. So guys. Dave is going to tell you that he won and it was a miracle and he played great. Well, truth be told, he Dave forgets about because- his he forgets about his cheap shit that he gets, like his cracking my guy for a fumble into the end zone. Come on, dude, from like the 6-yard line, something crazy like that. Get out of here. See, Dave was kind enough for me to allow him victory. You know how we talk about game script and proper play management? Well, Dave, had I done that at the end of the game when I was up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and I just ran the ball out and the clock out, what would have happened? You would have lost. Mike, now, clear, it, so you said the, you're so you said you're so bad that in the fourth quarter I came back and just fucking won by over a touchdown. In, so in like you're spirit, telling me like you're telling me I did something fucking wrong. And, and dude, see, you know see, I, I've been saving this for a month and a half, and he was expecting me the next time I call him, they came like, uh, fuck you. Duh. Nope, I waited. I fucking couldn't so wait. So in the spirit of you know, I actually wanted to completely crush you instead of. Just and you couldn't. You just couldn't. You would have absolutely crushed me. You're an asshole. This. I, you're the guy who ran the ball on me. We had a game. To people don't know, we were at Mike's place, and I was painting a room, and I exchanged Madden coaching like six years ago. No joke. I go, yo, man, you keep whooping my ass in Madden. Like he, Mike would just smear me, and well, then I got Dave, the. If you want to come over here, we can have round two. Just bring your wallet this time, and then I'll make sure you don't lose. Okay. I'll I tell you what. You, I got a dinner. You- I got a dinner at six thirty. I got to pick up my girlfriend for it, and Greece is in the fucking tween. I might be seeing your ass at about five, right away the fucking hammer on your pecker head. Hey, but I'm just really? telling you, like, Mike is one of the best Madden guys. His buddy Tommy says Mike sucks. But, like, Tommy's the artist of drag routes, and, you know, Mike taught me that. But for Madden, Mike is definitely the guy who's consistently used to. Anyways, his game sucks now. He's a has-been, but, like, I didn't know how football really fucking worked, you know? And then after a while, I'm like, wow, I don't think Sal or – no, I don't want to mention any names. I don't think these certain guys either who have been covering the Bills for 30 years know how football works either. And, like, so, well, point is, is Mike ran the ball on me 
one game, every single play. And he told me, I'm going to run it to the right. Okay. I'm going to run it to the left. And this was like in the fourth quarter after you went just running, telling me you're going to run every single play. And he ran for like 600 yards, something stupid, and crushed me. And I could not stop the run. And in franchise mode, I'm mad at as a kid. I was always good against the run because I never called a zone defense. It was fuck zone. And then come to find out, Mike's brother gives me a pro tip. Press man on Mike. And uh, it's fucking over. And pretty much that's it, man. You know what I mean? He likes to, sometimes he likes to wait to get the ball out. And one thing with Mike is you do not throw on him. He is a ball hawk. He's waiting for it. And I realized that my biggest flaw is the mental game. Now, I've gone on some psychedelic adventures in the last year of my life. And I'll say, sitting there, we're playing Madden, right? I want to reset this with you. I never talked to you about this. So we're playing Madden. I'm on my bed. You're on, you're on the chair in front of my bed. Really creepy. And we're playing on the TV. And... I had to tell myself, all right, man, don't talk too much shit. Don't get in my own head. Just keep executing. Like, like literally, like, the shit that we pick up from, like, coaching. Like, all right, man, yeah, this guy's got to just stay out of your head. So I was, like, literally doing it. So I'm like, all right, man. Like, I was never going to tell you that stuff. So I was like, all right, man, I got to, like, keep my cool. Don't let him get to me. But this leads to my point, which is I look at these Bills games like, there's some kind of like trolling I'm trying to do on my end. I'm always trying to show you something. If I can execute a play, like truth be told, if I can execute one style play against you that works every single time, I'm going to do it till you stop it. Just because you're going to be concerned about it. And then you're going to have that nanosecond of a slip up, a la the screen game for the Bills. It's going to give them that one extra thing to look at. Chang Gailey got me hyped and really kind of educated to me because that's when I really started following the shit pretty tight. And he would talk about mismatches and mismatches and mismatches. And when I look on the field, the Bills have guys that can have mismatches and they don't know how to execute that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's just like blah. And when, when you and I are playing Madden, that's what we look for too. We also look for gamesmanship. We also look for little tricks. Well, you know what I mean? I look for trolling you. I want to get you to bite on that. That's the thing, like, in Madden, and as a coach should be able to do, he should know where his mismatches are on the field, whether it's a weak linebacker, a weak corner, weak on the back end of the the defensive backs where your safeties aren't as good. Wherever you can beat them, you target them in that spot, and you keep on going and loosen up all the other aspects that they're actually good at because if you keep beating them in one spot they're going to have to adjust and when they make that adjustment then you can also adjust and go the other places that weren't so successful so dave we me myself and i would all love you to come over here and play madden today and this time i'll guarantee you i will not just let you in um so I will I will make this one especially uh, uh, generous of the kind of beating you get today because uh, I know how happy you were the last time. So consider that a gift, a gift of joy. Because the nice thing about me is when you play people enough in Madden, you get to hear about, do you remember that one time I beat you? And, you know, that's actually a compliment to me. <laughs> So I'm glad that you get that that you know 
a few times in your lifetime where you can be like, yeah, I beat that guy. Mike, I, mm. truth be told, I mean, how many times have I? Had, okay, let's let's get to real. To you know. Let's get to real talk. What have you done for me lately? So I mean. Mm. Like, yo, that's great, but, like, when I put on the last time the Bills were in the fucking playoffs, it looks like I was watching NFL films and, and, and at 11 years old watching Terry Bradshaw getting flipped on his fucking head. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it looks like. So what I'm trying to say is, like, dog, I've seen you, like, six times in fucking five years, fam. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? At least. Well, Dave, so, so what I'm trying to say is my, so winning, per, my winning percentage you is like. Rid of, you got rid of your. You literally left Xbox because you couldn't beat me in Madden. Like, you didn't even fam, want to Fam, I'm like me. three and one on you in the last five years is what I'm saying. Like, you've won one fucking time. Like, literally well, one time. Like, dude, it's over. Now, I actually know what I'm looking at. You're probably not going to. Like. I, I really think you and I should do, like, we should really, because this will kind of be like a running thing on the podcast, which would be really funny. Um, well, it's going to get boring because now that you want it to be a running thing, I'm just going to beat you every time. Yo, can I just pause this and we could do a fantasy football podcast? Huh? Can I just end this and do a fantasy football podcast? We can, if you want to. All right, well, cool. Well, to the audience, tune into the next episode, which will be number 167. Mike Smitty recast fantasy football and how I suck, and I should have should have should have cut up. Well, well, conclude. Did Adam Thielen, Kelsey, that wasn't good enough for so, you. So, so refresh the list. So, t- give the listeners a tease here, Mike. We want them to go to the next one, so I get a fucking play. Excuse my French, but not. Nah. Hey, so help a dog out. Is- this clam chowder is delicious, and I'm about to eat it. Okay, so you offer me a trade. What was the trade? Kelsey and Thielen. Yep. For Kareem Hunt. And you said what, Dave? And oh. Said I was robbing you. And I was wrong. And uh, now keep in mind, I to the audience, I did get screwed. I had the number one pick, and I had David Johnson, and I didn't. I tried to back out of this draft, and Mike and I will recap all of it. It's a sixteen-team draft, and I really screwed up on some draft etiquette. I got to admit, I really. I thought I was big boss on the sidelines six whole times. You know what I mean? At training camp, I thought, oh, big boss, no time, me my notepad. No one's got me my notepad. You know what I mean? So I thought it was big boss time and I have time because I'm diving into this Bills team. But uh anyways, thanks to everybody. Uh Mike, if you want to hang out, I'll just call you back. Or if you can just hang out. Um, yeah, hang out. I'm just enjoying my soup. All right, man. Well, shout out to Grandstand Sports Network as always. Uh forgot to run the ants in the beginning of this, but really had a good time talking to me, myself, and Mike. And uh so don't forget punch drunk sports. Follow them on Twitter. Great podcast, really. Awesome podcast about sports. Three comedians, Archfear, Jason Tebow, Sam Tripoli. Really rad stuff. Uh, Sam Tripoli has a podcast, Tinfoil Hat. If you like uh, alternative thinking, maybe quote-unquote conspiracy theory talk. Obviously, the name Tinfoil Hat. Good stuff. Archfear has a special double negative up on Netflix. Jason Tebow is also the host of Punch Drunk Sports. And... He's pretty radical in the sense of he's on DirecTV, Red Zone's DirecTV, with uh, Andrew Siciliano behind the scenes. And he's got a lot of good information. And they talk about all sorts of stuff. 
And he also has a comedy record out called Return of the Red State. So check that out. And uh, always, numbillsfan.com. If you enjoy the podcast, what I could just please ask you is just tell your friends and family. Subscribe. Go into your podcast app. If you don't have a podcast app, go to whatever you're using on your phone. The beauty of the Numb Bills Fan Podcast is you listen at any single time you want when you subscribe. You can pause halfway through and finish whatever dumbass thought I'm talking about. So, um, you know, that's what I'm getting at is efficiency. Keep it efficient. If you know how to get an app, type in podcast. Something should show up. On Android, I use Dogcatcher. You can use Stitcher Radio. On Apple, I've used Overcast. I've used the podcast app itself, really. But Overcast is cool because you can download, say, a Joe Rogan Experience podcast that's three hours long. It's kind of like side downloading it because the podcast app won't allow you to download something over 100 megabytes. So there you go. Find it. If you're that, if you like websites, numbillsfan.com, there's a player built in. You can listen to previous players. But please subscribe. If you'd like to find out more, hit me up. Dave at numbillsfan and numbillsfan everywhere. So thanks, everybody. And tune in to number 167 coming up with Mike Smitty. Mike, say goodbye. Have a good one, folks. Yep. Bye. Oh, and I'm your host, David Palermo. So throw that out there. See ya.